Hi, I'm Grace Fedota with the CSC, and we're here for another episode of Hashtag Finance. I'm here with Dan Nelson, CEO of WikiLeaf Technologies. Hi, Dan. Hello, Grace. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming in. So you just had your first market open at the CSE. How did that go? We did. Oh, it was just so exciting. I mean, this moment's been building for like two years, so it was just a thrill and just a joy beyond belief. All right. Well, I'm glad that you came in, and I'm glad that we uh, we could host you this morning. Um, why don't we get started with uh, you just telling me a little bit about WikiLeaf Technologies and what you guys kind of do? Yeah. Um, I guess probably I should start by going back and saying how I even uh, sort of conjured up the idea, I guess you could say. So um, back in 2008, I was actually running an interest rate comparison website for the savings side of things. So not like mortgages or credit cards or auto loans, but just savings accounts in the US. They have what are called FDIC insured or NCUA insured savings products, money markets, CD rates, things like that. And in 2008, the rates for these vehicles was very high, uh, a much different climate, interest rate climate than we have now. Um, a lot of money also was moving out of the stock market in 2008 in the beginning of the collapse and moving into these safe haven vehicles. So I built a site that would compare what banks and credit unions were, uh, basically what their interest rates were for these products. And I focused more on like the smaller community banks um, and the credit unions rather than like the big large national banks that my competitors were focusing on. Okay, it's wh so why were you doing this comparison? Like you just... This, uh, this is just a hobby or was is, it just? Yeah, it was just a hobby. I mean, I really liked building websites and this just seemed like a huge opportunity. Like the search volume for these products was through the roof and obviously um, banks were paying well for the leads. So I wanted to turn my traffic into leads for these banks. Um, so the site was doing really well come like 2009. Um, we, were, we, we did a deal with Bankrate, who was a publicly traded firm at the time. Uh, to embed their interest rate tables into our site. And then we had an arrangement with the banks where they would pay bank rate $8 per click, bank rate would pay me four, and then they would keep four. So we had kind of a rev share program going on. So the site was doing really well. Um, I was actually able to pick up and run the site just remotely. So I traveled the world from 2008 to 2011. I went to Europe, I went to Asia, I went to Africa. Um, my brother was actually playing professional basketball in Spain and then in Austria at the time. So I was able to kind of make that my home base and then continue to travel elsewhere. But when I got back to Seattle in 2011, something really interesting had happened, which none of my friends told me about, and I'm not sure why, but all of a sudden I realized there were dispensaries on every block. Um, there were no dispensaries when I had left. Sorry, and when I, dispensaries, just for our fans, like yeah. cannabis dispensaries? Cannabis okay. dispensaries, yeah, in Seattle. So in 2008, when I had left, there were no cannabis dispensaries. It was still very much an illegal substance. And then when I came back, there were dispensaries seemingly on every block. Well, and that's they very were, convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, they were, and they were all medical at the time. So there was just um, Colorado and Washington had medical uh, cannabis and nobody else had anything. So I got my medical card um, for uh, my back. My back gets sore after uh, recreational basketball games and uh, CBD and cannabis just kind of helps alleviate that. So I got a card and I started shopping around at all these dispensaries that were in my neighborhood. And I quickly realized that what I could get for one shop wasn't the same at the next shop down the street. So I could pick up like a gram of OG Kush for 20 bucks here go down the block, find that same gram of OG Kush for 10 bucks. 
So it's kind of like, you know, what's the rhyme and reason here? How are people charging? You know, what what, what are people doing to, to come up with these prices to so charge for these like products? It's almost like your website again. Yeah, exactly. So, the same kind of. Exactly. So that's the light bulb that went off in my head. And I was like, you know, I need to bring this out into a transparent manner so that consumers can shop around for dispensaries. So they know that exactly what's going on in the store, what the products are like. So that's really where the idea of WikiLeaf was kind of born. And then... <clears throat> I, uh, I kind of used some of the framework that I had from the interest rate comparison site to build out the prototype of WikiLeaf. Um, and then, I mean, that was, we, we launched January 22nd, 2014. We just had Washington and Colorado on the platform. But since it was a price comparison cannabis vehicle, um, the media was really keen on these sorts of businesses at the time. And they were just keen on the industry because it was such a brand new thing. So we made the rounds. We got a ton of national exposure. We were on, you know, like... High Times, Huffington Post, USA Today, BuzzFeed, TechCrunch, all of the all of the major publications. And everything just sort of happened really quickly. Like we started getting a lot of traffic to the site. We were getting dispensaries uh, on the platform to display their prices. <clears throat> and we got approached actually by um, a firm that wanted to do uh, actually an RTO right off the bat in April in 2014. Um, but everything was just kind of moving too fast. We hadn't really built the fundamentals of the company in a major way. So, so I had, like, whoa, 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 I slow had to down. Pump, exactly. Okay. I had to pump the brakes <laughs> on that for sure. Um, and I just took in some some seed money from like family and friends. You brought your parents into the market open. I thought that was super cute. That's e awesome. Yeah, yeah they exactly. were very excited for you. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're totally thrilled parents. They were um yeah, they've been here in Toronto for the last week doing some sightseeing, but they were really jazzed to be a part of that ceremony this morning. So Yeah. Um so yeah, so I took in some funding from them. We just kinda heads down, built out the platform. Um, and then we just kind of scaled the traffic, scaled the dispensaries. And then come 2015, I met uh, Chuck Rafici, who was also here today, who doesn't need much of an introduction in Canada. Um, and he was interested in WikiLeaf as well. And he was forming uh, Nesta.co, which is a private equity firm that invests in the cannabis space. Um, and then we, we just started... Um, Working out the deal, it eventually went through. We ended up being the first acquisition Nesta made. So Nesta became a majority share owner of WikiLeaf. And then, and that was the end of 20, very end of 2015, December 2015, actually. So from January 2016 on, we would have been working with Nesta. Again, just heads down, building the traffic, building the company. You know, when I uh, first did the deal with um, Nesta, I think we were... We had about 80,000 people using the site every month and just shy of a thousand dispensaries. And now we're at uh, almost a million people using the site and 4,000 dispensaries on the platform. So obviously, yeah, we've gone, uh, gone a long way since we've entered into our arrangement. And then that's, that's where we are here now. You think you would have uh, entered into like such a strategic relationship had you had not taken a break when you felt that it was ramping up a bit too fast? Um. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do on the financing side. I, I knew that there was enough interest that I could um, capture financing in some way. But then when I met Chuck and when I saw how embedded he was into the industry here and how much of a pioneer he really is, it was kind of like, this is the guy I want to, you know, move forward with. So, um, And that's you know, risky, right? Like as someone who has their own company, there's a lot of trust there, which which is hard to find. So for sure. Yeah, it was risky and, and it is built on trust for sure. But I think 
what sort of alleviated that risk for me was just seeing what he had done in the industry, um, seeing the businesses that he's built, uh, knowing his past, and um, it just made me really confident moving forward with him. That's really good. That's mm -hmm. good. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick break from our sponsor. Broadcasting from the heart of Toronto's financial district at the top of First Canadian Place, CSE TV is your trusted source for what's happening in capital markets. Our Hashtag Finance podcast series gets you exclusive long-form interview content with visionary entrepreneurs and CEOs of companies in the news. The CSE's On the Street segments get you up close and personal with many of our listed companies. And don't forget that you can find the video version of this and all our media on our CSE TV channel on YouTube. For instant notifications, subscribe to CSE TV now. I'm Grace with the Canadian Securities Exchange, and we're back from our sponsored break at Hashtag Finance. And I am here with Dan, CEO of WikiLeaf Technologies. Uh, so I think we were just talking about um, more about WikiLeaf and um, kind of what it does. And mm. um, did you want to add anything about what makes WikiLeaf unique from any other companies um, that are competitors to Wiki? Yeah, so we're the first price comparison vehicle for the industry. So you can get on Wikileaf and find how people are, which dispensaries are charging, how they're charging their product, uh, what they're charging for their product. And in phase two of this price comparison that we're building out now, we want to bring this price comparison element down to a granular level, down to the skew level. And what we're finding is that um, over time, as the industry matures, people are starting to have favorite products where and brands and strains and all that. Whereas in the early days in a dispensary, you'd kind of come in and leave it up to the bud tender and kind of be like, you know, I need some pot. What can you sell me? And, and that still happens. But we're seeing that a lot more that people are actually going into dispensaries looking for a specific item. And we can see this through the conversations we're having with dispensaries and brands and consumers. And we can also see it more objectively in Google Trends. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people are now more specific about what they're asking for? I think it's, um, well, I can speak anecdotally from my own uh, perspective. And I know that I used to go in and I used to try a lot of flowers. And I was kind of led finally to the vaping side of things. And then once I uh, started purchasing vapes more than flour, then I noticed, oh, well, I really like this Bloom vape, this certain brand, and I like this strain OG Kush, and I want a one gram cartridge so that I don't have to go back to the dispensary, you know, every mm. few weeks and get another one. So I'm very specifically uh, liking a brand with a strain and an amount. So it's like experiential. You just kind of learn through picking up on habits and what right. you're kind of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what we're trying to reflect in the product that we're building with Wikileaf. We want uh, consumers who do have favorite brands and products to be able to go onto the platform, say I'm looking for this, you know, Fat Panda car cartridge, half gram, OG Kush, find out in real time which dispensaries near them have that in their inventory and then run a price comparison at that individual SKU level. So right now we're sort of a general price comparison um, engine where you can go on and see how on an average format how people are charging their prices, but we want to get that down to the SKU level. So that's that's what we're doing with the next iteration of the product. And it's just because of, um, you know, like I, what I said before, is just people beginning to have favorite brands and products within a space like any other industry would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, um, and there's just so much information out there, right? Because it's just not really a thing yet. And people really have to do the research to find out more. 
Yeah, so. totally. Yeah, and that's that's one of our uh, missions is just empowering the cannabis consumer with information. We do that through price transparency. We do it with our strain research and our strain data that we publish. We also have a blog where we break breaking news. We have people up on Capitol Hill, you know, getting quotes from senators, seeing how people are moving with cannabis legislation. So we're trying to take that empowering the consumer with information in every direction that we can. The thing that scares me the most and what I see is, I mean, consumers are actually trying. And right now there is a lot of research online that's not so much sponsored. Mm-hmm. But if we if. in time really like content is sponsored and that's how it gets paid and so that's that i'm always very fearful of you know who the uh content provider is because of the the sponsored yeah and we have to deal with that too with our content team as we're always getting pitched you know for sponsored posts Mm -hmm. and sponsored articles and we have to reject those just to keep things purely editorial so that's really good that's awesome yeah uh so let's i just kind of want to go back to uh you you had mentioned that you went to europe a bunch Mm -hmm. when you had just started out the website this wasn't when you did WikiLeaf, this was before. No, I was still running the interest rate yes. site. Yeah, yeah. And so, what parts of Europe did you go to? Oh, I went all over. Um, I started in Prague. I got a one-way ticket to Prague. Uh, my brother was then in Austria in a small town called Linz at the time, which wasn't uh, too far away from Prague. And I had a couple buddies from college and high school out with me. So we went from Prague, we went up to Munich for Oktoberfest in Germany. Cool. Um, we went up around northern Germany. Um, we went to Amsterdam in the Netherlands and then did you know Paris. And then we came back down to Switzerland and then back home to Austria. So we kind of made this big loop around Europe, um, making <laughs> my brother's apartment kind of our home base. <laughs> and then after the basketball season, my brother had gone back home to Seattle, but my friends and I were still having fun partying in Europe. So we actually went down to Greece and spent the summer on Santorini, uh, the island down there um, for the summer of 2010, which was a blast. Um, And then after that, my buddy and I, uh, it was just the the two of us at this point, we were kind of dropping off, you know, people along the way who couldn't couldn't, uh, (laughs) ride the whole uh, adventure out. And we just kind of like kept one upping it to each other being like, you know, now let's let's go something somewhere really exotic. So we from Greece, took a one-way ticket down to uh, Kenya, Africa, Nairobi, and spent some time down there. Um, We did some volunteer work at some microfinance uh, organization called Lumana. Um, We uh, did some safaris, we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, um, and then we went up to Egypt and we saw the pyramids. Um, so we just kind of floated around everywhere. And then, and then he went home and then I went back um, to Austria because my brother was starting his second, second season after the summer. Uh, hung out with him for a little bit and then we kind of regrouped and everyone went off to Asia. So it was just this like whirlwind <laughs> wow. of travel for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite uh, part? Um, I think climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania was my favorite part just because the challenge that it was and the the reward that it was afterwards, knowing you had accomplished that. It was my friend um, said that he did that and he because I was like, oh, you know, if we've noticed that cannabis plants kind of um, like can help people, then what other plants out there? And so he said that he was chewing on cocoa leaves, and it was like helping with the like uh, the. Um, 
Alt altitude. Altitude yeah. sickness. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, the um, what are they called? Not Sherpas, but the the guides, the leaders are always mm -hmm. chewing on those. It gives them a little extra energy, and it definitely clears up the headaches from altitude sickness. After you get to a certain point, I mean, you really start to feel it. Your head feels like there's a ton of pressure, and we had to do these like exercises where we got to the base camp right before we were going to summit, and everyone was kind of going through this altitude sickness, and we had oh. to kind of make these really steep two uh, two hundred feet climbs, and then we'd come back down a little bit, and then we'd climb up. And it's sort of that sort of rise and fall like helped us adjust for whatever reason. But yeah. Oh, wow. We didn't get any cocoa leaves. That probably would have helped too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so what level did your brother play for basketball? Uh, he played in, in when he was in Spain, he played in the um, third division. And then when he was in Austria, he played in the first division. And they actually won a championship in 2002 nine they were the uh the number one team in austria so that was really cool so we got awesome. a championship there wow yeah. your parents must be proud yeah they're, yeah, they're pretty proud <laughs> yeah. yeah uh well i just want to say again thank you so much for coming in for a podcast as well as WikiLeaf technologies doing a market open your group was amazing um you know it was lovely meeting your parents thank and you. um, i'm so happy you could bring them to the market open we we're really happy that we could host you thanks so much yeah. for having us we're thrilled to be here thank you Hi, it's Grace from the CFC reminding you to make sure to follow us on social media for the latest updates on our listed companies as well as new listing alerts. For more in-depth content, be sure to pick up our free quarterly magazine, Public Entrepreneur, available online at thecsc.com.